Satsu, welcome hey, back. Hi, how's it going? Good. Things are great, actually. You know, it's a nice, cool fall. It feels like all of a sudden we went past Labor Day in the U.S., uh, which we're both in Europe and they don't celebrate Labor Day on these days. Mm. But we went past Labor Day in the U.S. and all of a sudden it's fall. So yeah. wearing long sleeves, can't really wear shorts anymore. It is crazy how fast yeah. that happens. That's true. It happened like at least here in, in Stockholm overnight. Just wow. Switching. It's, it's insane. Yeah. But let's talk about something else that's a little bit insane. Mm-hmm. How about that for a segue? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Good one. Identity. And this is, we were talking about nationality as sort of an interesting form of identity uh, beforehand. And, you know, identity is one of these things that I, I'm fascinated with because people hold it very, very close to themselves. Yeah. And they tend to identify with, for instance, being an American, being a Finn, being mm-hmm. uh, being whatever nationality you are. That's just a sort of identity example. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age we live in, what I find fascinating is there's a almost a multiplicative effect of the ability to identify with many different things. Yeah. And one of the the points, or you know, one of the interesting things that has come from social media has been the ability to identify not just as your occupation or nationality or something like that, but also to identify as sort of these side occupations. Hmm. And this conversation is all springing from articles that I've read, but also personal interests as well as Satu, you have a lot of experience in this role with just sort of how we cling to identities. And what I found very interesting about this particular article, and we'll link to it in the show notes, which is at decodingsuperhuman.com slash identity, is that the advent of social media, the advent of different ways to communicate with the world has allowed us to obtain identities. Think of it as, I like to look at it as sort of even like a alter ego or uh, super superhero voice, if you will. So, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being Tony Stark all the time, I'm Tony Stark plus Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the points that is highlighted in this article is that this multiplicative effect of being able to um, have different identities on social media, I'm not talking about like different lives per se, but being able to be a a banker in real life and at home be a comedian on Twitter can not only be interesting, it can be interesting to explore, but it could also be detrimental to our health and it could lead to states of anxiety. So today we're going to talk about the relationship uh, to anxiety and identity. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we'll get into a little bit of how we can shift and sort of observe these, uh, see what see them for what they are and perhaps shift them. But a lot of this is stemmed through uh, what I remember in my social psychology class in university called social identity theory. Mm-hmm. But let's let's talk about identity in general. And at this point now, I've been ranting on for a little bit, but identity is you know, an interesting concept. How do you see identity, Satu? Um, 
if you have a re- very strong identity that really almost becomes you, but in a lighter side or looking at it in a lighter perspective, you could just have multiple hats on. That's how mm-hmm. I see it. Like yeah. if you can have, you go to work, you have a office hat on, then you go back home and you have the wife, husband hat on or mom and dad or sister, brother, whatever. Um, and then if that identity becomes too strong, it can also sort of eat you alive almost. It can mm-hmm. become an issue. And that's where the anxiety comes in. So there are multiple levels of identity and multiple uh, identities that you can have simultaneously. Exactly. And I, let's touch on the last one that leads to anxiety because that, that I find fascinating. Um, we could go down the political route and I'd see no reason to, because that would just lead to a lot of pain <laughs> uh, and trolling, but we can go down the, uh, one of the routes that we talk a little bit on the podcast is uh, dieting. Mm. And you see this in cult type diets quite a bit that people tend to identify with a particular diet yeah. To the point where it actually is detrimental to rational thinking. Yeah. And one of the, and I'll just cite one from my own life. Why not? So one of the, as one of the early adopters of what was the Paleolithic movement, mm-hmm. I found it very fascinating to me that eating like our ancestors would allow me to have things like bacon, eggs, um, you know, all of these different really delicious foods all the time. And really that was supposed to be what's best best for me. I Hmm. identified very strongly with paleo or with bulletproof in the early days, but you almost in a sense, and at least what what developed with me was the sense that I belong to this tribe of paleo people. I belong to this tribe of bulletproof people. And there's nothing wrong with those two diets per se. But when you get to a state where you take as a paleo member or a bulletproof member things on blind faith rather than using rational judgment and backing them up with data, you can end up with a very interesting dichotomy. And, And this actually played out in my life going all the way up to when I was diagnosed with the heart condition, where there was this, this cognitive dissonance, if you will, where I thought I was doing everything right. Boom, boom, boom. I identified as one of these bulletproof people. I've told you this before and you laugh at me and I can't blame you. You know, I was drinking a a liter of bulletproof per day, bulletproof coffee. And, you know, then you get diagnosed with a heart condition and you start to wonder why. And you unpeel the layers of the onion and all of a sudden my identity is shattered. I'm no longer this bulletproof person because I can't do certain things that the paleo and bulletproof community can. Yeah. That's yeah. just a that's just a very extreme example from my it's life. Really like the religion or cult. Exactly. And so well we can go down religion or cult realms well, too, but <laughs> that's uh, a again insight. it's mm, just how it sounds. <laughs> yeah. And, and so these things can become quasi-religious and the issue becomes when you no longer follow it to a T or you no longer or not just you can't follow it to a T mm. that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety. Yeah. And I remember thinking, Oh my, 
I have this heart condition. Now I can't have butter in my coffee all day long or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's a a tough journey to go through. It is. It is. So let's talk about uh, how, I mean, you're a lot more familiar with how these structures kind of construct anxiety. Let's talk about that. Yes. Um, what happens ex- is exactly what you described. You or people, individuals have this feeling of, I want to belong. Mm-hmm. I want to identify myself with others. That's quite natural. That comes from early days of humankind. And then when it, the feeling gets stronger and boosted, especially if we look at social media nowadays, and you get this constant feedback like this is the behavior what we want to see we like your post this is what we others who think alike we also do this and then if that one day comes that you start questioning that you're like oh maybe it doesn't work for me or i can't deliver up to what is expected what you think is expected even if that wouldn't be the truth that starts to become stressful And that starts to create anxiety. And that could also be that you have created yourself a sort of a profile um, on social media or online that doesn't really match with the offline behavior. Okay, so let's let's go into this because this is interesting. So I'm hearing, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, there's this element of alignment here. And Queen, double click a little bit on alignment and maybe how... And I could be going down a wormhole that we don't necessarily want to go down, but, uh, you know, the element of alignment in terms of how it plays in just kind of, you know, making sure that identities don't cause anxiety. Yeah. Um, it it is a longer discussion than Mm -hmm. we probably have time for. How does one get aligned and make sure that the anxiety won't take over? You need to start from really understanding who you are and where do you want to be and what do you bring to the table? What are you bringing with you to the society, uh, whether it's the online or offline society? And understanding your own values, your own strengths and triggers and be true to yourself. Because I think many times why what causes the anxiety or the stress is actually the fact that you're not being true to yourself. You have sort of built this image of who you wish to be and you're not able to deliver. Mm -hmm. So if you do all that work that I just described, that is a long work, but a short explanation to dig deeper into who you are, what your values are, what do you really want to achieve, that should build the foundation for you that you don't need to um, think that you're someone else. You don't need to start identifying too strongly with something that you might not be able to handle in long term. Can I throw a landmine question out there? And I'm going to explain the question. But um, So from an evolutionary biology perspective, right, or from an evolution perspective, we existed as humans around the world. Uh, we were largely tribal members. Yes. And so to me, identity may have its route in evolutionary biology. Mm-hmm. At, at its heart, we needed to 
belong to a particular tribe because if you didn't belong to a particular tribe, if you didn't adhere to tribal rules or standards, you would be kicked out, ostracized, and then be eaten by lions in some case. Yeah. Right? Now, here's a million-dollar question. Why do we care about identity today? Because if, for instance, I don't identify with the paleo community, there's still probably several billion people in this world that don't identify with the paleo community. Mm -hmm. If I don't identify with any community at all, I could, well, that could be in itself its own identity, I guess, if we're going to go really meta here. Uh, But why do we need to construct these identities for ourselves? Our sponsor for today's show is one of the two brands of blue light blockers that I actually recommend using. And I've had the CEO, Matt Maruka, on the show before, and we got into a two-hour-long discussion, which I think to this day is the longest episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. But his company, Raw Optics, has made blue light blockers sexy. In fact, I know they worked because I've seen the test results. And the beauty of their product is, is that blue light doesn't get in. And if any amount of blue light gets in, that Netflix show that you're watching late at night, that book that you're reading, that email that you're answering is disrupting your sleep. So where do you get yours? Head over to rawoptics.com, plug in the code BOOMER, you'll get 15% off your order. Enjoy. I think you just answered the question when you explained where we come from, the root Mm. of we have this need uh, from day one that we want to belong. Mm-hmm. I also do think that we all, we all need to have our own personal identity. And then to add that, we also want to find others who relate to that so that we can bond, so mm-hmm. that we can start building relationships. Because I don't believe that any one of us is meant to be here alone, just solely with my personal identity not connecting with anyone else. So in order to connect, there is a need to understand who you are and then find similarities in those other tribes. And in the current world that we live in, it is totally possible to have several tribes that you want to belong to because you have those, as I mentioned, hats on. You have the work hat on and then you have the hobby hat on and the home hat on. And those are your tribes. And then you switch but that doesn't take away your true identity, who you are. You're just uh, shifting, shifting focus and shifting the, the edge of the, the identities, I would say. Yeah. So again, coming back, it seems like the commonality here is that whatever tribe we decide to be a part of mm. needs to align with our own true, using your words earlier, your vision, your values, et cetera. Yeah. And when there is that dissonance, we end up with a little bit of a, an internal issue that could essentially take these anxieties. Now, I guess, Satu, because you're, you've done this with multiple people before, mm-hmm. if you were to just give three questions that people, or maybe one question that people could start asking themselves to define either their values or their vision, how do you see that? Like, how do you make the inception moment using the Leonardo DiCaprio movie as an example. (laughs) Well, if you really want to understand what your drivers and values are, I think a good question to ask is what can't I live without sort Mm -hmm. of corner yourself 
start saying like and the answer shouldn't be milk chocolate by the way no exactly so when i coach people on their values um they easily count yeah my one of my core values is being honest so then you start challenging that so in what situations have you seen that happen and where does it has it gone so far that you've actually said no to something because it goes against the honesty so dig deeper and challenge with questions like where does the line go where do i draw the line and mm-hmm. then you actually can find the truth behind mm-hmm. that one of the, just coming back to the original article just to wrap things up because mm-hmm. i know we're coming up on time here and there's been a lot of really good points and i do encourage people to dig down and really understand your values it's amazing to me in this day and age, when you walk around and talk to some really successful people, how few people have actually done this exercise uh, to really just discover what aligns with them. Yeah. And like you've said in the past and past podcasts, this can be extremely powerful. It can be extremely uh, confronting in some ways, but it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, in order to live our best life, in order to elevate our human experience, it's something that is absolutely needed. Now, just to round things out on the article, one of the things that I found very interesting is the article very specifically, and we'll link again to it in the show notes, very specifically mentioned social media and how we can create these identities of ourselves on social media. I don't necessarily view social media as a a toxin, if you will. It can be, Mm -hmm. and people certainly do use it that way. And if you are using it and constructing these uh, these false identities of yourselves on social media. And if the netizens in Korea come after me for this, uh, that's okay. <laughs> but if you're constructing these false identities for yourself, you know, maybe that's something that you want to recognize and really bring yourself back to this alignment discussion that we're having. Mm. Because inputs really matter. And at the end of the day, what we're actually doing is looking at inputs into a complex system to produce performance. That's why everybody is listening to this podcast, because you want to produce higher levels of performance. What could be getting in your way are elements of alignment or elements of misidentity, causing anxiety, et cetera. And that's a very key input. And so those inputs matter. Jim Rohn said, you are the five people that you surround yourself most with. Mm. Very, very correct. But you're also in a world where we can have these digital personalities. You're also influenced by the crap that you read. So Mm. please get off of BuzzFeed. Anyways, Satu, anything else to add to that? One more thing you can Google, dear listener, uh, Ikigai. Do you know that? Boomer? Yeah, I know the icky guy very well. In fact, there's yeah. been people who have borrowed that recently in other books. But yeah. yes, let's talk so, about the icky guy. Yeah, I think that is a good exercise to do. If you okay. really want to go deep dive to who am I, what's really the meaning for my life, just do the exercise. Um, just Google icky guy without going deeper into this in this podcast. But that gives you a set of questions, and in the center is really what you should be doing. Excellent. We'll link to the book in the show notes as well. Show notes will be found at decodingsuperhuman.com slash identity. Superhumans, have an epic day. 
Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decoding superhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode.